Okay. In a minute, I'm going to ask you uh, actually for a couple of favors. So um, before I do the first favor that I want to ask you, I just want to let you know one thing. Uh, you don't have to tell anyone, but God knows if you really want change. You're tired of hurting. You're tired of being made fun of. There's bullying going on in your life. There is uh, maybe you just feel alone. One thing I know about people your age is that loneliness is one of those things that just kind of runs deep. And I wish I had more friends, and I wish that there was uh, something in my life that's missing. Uh, on behalf of all the leaders, and even maybe even your parents, some of them, not all of them I know, but I just want to encourage you to think about this one thing. And then, if you're squirrely for the rest of the night or whatever, you tune me out, that's okay. It's kind of my fault, because if then I can't keep your attention, then that's okay. There might be someone that wants to listen, um, but I just want to encourage you to, to, to think about this one thing. If you want change in your life, I'm 54 years old, I've been in ministry for a long time, and I'm convinced, nothing has convinced me other than what I'm about to tell you. Go hard after Jesus and try to stay in his word as much as you can. It's that simple. If you want change, young or old, go hard after Jesus and try as best as you can to stay in his word. I'm going to ask you a favor. In a minute, I'm going to turn on my little phone here. And I'm going to do a little video. And so I'll explain later what I'm going to do. But I want you to say, when I count to three, I'd like you to say kind of slowly and deliberately, hello, brothers in blue. All right? Hello, when I count to three. If you could please do that. It's in selfie mode. So I don't want that. Okay, so, all right. Okay, wait until I count to three. That's fantastic. Okay. And I'll explain what that is here in a little bit. All right. Abraham. Uh, this was kind of a daunting task because uh, speaking about Abraham in about 12 minutes or so that I think I have is sort of like uh, sort of a little sliver off a big, a little splinter off of a big, you know, kind of wooden post. But I do want to talk a little bit about Abraham. But more importantly than that, again, go hard after Jesus and stay in his word. And what I want us to do is to think about the phrase that's on this slide right here. Find your place in God's story. So God has a story, that's what we have here in the Bible, and a lot of times what happens is we just kind of are floating around, and is there a place for me in God's plan? And the answer is yes. And the reason we have God's word is so that we can hear the things that are in there. There's characters, there's people, there's truth, there's philosophy, there's poetry, there's psalms, basically every human emotion, everything that you and I will experience is somewhere here in the Bible. And so there are people that you might resonate with. I don't know, some of you might click with Abraham. Some of you might click with someone else, but that's why you stay in God's word as best as you can. And what I want to do is encourage you to find your place in God's story. So the more you know, um, and it's not about who knows more or who knows less, it's about kind of what it is that you know. And the goal is for us to have enough knowledge about the Bible, about people, about truth that's found in the Bible, about Jesus, that we're able to make up our own decisions and own the things, not because someone, some bald guy, is telling you what to believe, but you become convinced of some things on your very own. So there's a guy named Abraham, and so I just kind of fluttered around a little bit, and I went to looking for things on the Internet. So here's a picture of what Abraham might have looked like. I don't know if that's him or not, but there he is. How many of you know who I'm talking about when I'm talking about Abraham? Okay, that's good, and I might ask one of you to come up and help me in a little bit. So let's go on to the next one. There's a ton of stuff to learn about Abraham. Abraham 
takes up a good chunk of the book of Genesis from the 12th chapter all the way to the 25th. So here Abraham is looking up at the stars. Does anybody know why he would be looking up at the stars real quickly? God made Abraham a promise. What was that? That he would have kids. And how many kids would he have? <laughs> he would have two, but God made a promise to Abraham that he would have more offspring, more children than there are stars in the heaven. Let's go to the next one. Anybody know what this refers to? That's Abraham and his wife, Sarah. Are they young there? No, they're not young. So they were like, well, in their, they were in their old age when all of a sudden they were told that they would have children when they didn't have children and they were already old. So there here is the actual fruition of a child. And they're, I mean, these, that's, those aren't grandparents. Those are parents, first-time parents. So, okay, all right, here's something happening here in the Bible. Let's go to the next picture. Uh, anybody know what's happening here? Abraham is about to do what? So he has a son, Isaac. And then God asks him, would you do this if God asked you to sacrifice his own son? Now, where have you heard that before? Yeah, Jesus kind of did the same sort of thing. And I really get this. This is actually a picture that I really resonate with in the sense that I might throw myself in front of a truck for someone that I care about, but would I... I would throw myself in front of a truck for some, you know, maybe to save someone if a truck is coming down the street. But would I shove someone I love? Would I shove one of my children in your place to save you? Would I do that for one of the kids? Whoa, I'm not sure. But there's a great story about Abraham in there where he was asked to sacrifice Isaac and he said, I'll do it. Because God asked him to. Whoa. And yet he was about to do it. And then the story says that an angel came and he didn't actually, the news is good. He didn't uh, have to do it. Let's show another, another slide here. Okay, so um, there is a ton to learn. I found this. And actually, if you come to the question and answer thing afterwards, uh, there's a lot. This might help for you, some of you that are interested, but there's a lot to know and learn about Abraham. So there's this uh, timeline about all the events, all the way from Genesis 12 all the way to 25. And there's a lot of really awesome, important, and significant things to learn about Abraham. So what? What is it that you and I know? So let's go to the next slide. My goal is for this to happen, for you to find your place in God's story. And believe it or not, we all have a place in God's story. And so what I want to do a little bit right now is I want to kind of unpack something. I want someone out there to help me do a little teaching. So what I want you to do is if, if you know something about Abraham, you've heard something, you've read something, maybe you remember from Sunday school, if you do, does anyone have the courage to come up here and share what it is that you know about Abraham? We already talked a few things about his life, and I know we can't get it. Do you? Okay, I, actually, I need you to be somewhat serious about it. So does anybody want to give it a shot? What do you know? And all you need to know is something little about Abraham. Are you over there? Did, did you raise your hand over there? And I don't care how much. It's like just one thing that you know. Come on up if you raised your hand. Is that you? Anybody know anything about Abraham? All right. In the white shirt? Come on up. Good. Okay. Can I use this mic? Can I use this mic? Here we go. Does it work? Okay. Now, can we turn Is it even on? It's not. It's on. And I'm, no. there we go, and I know what color. Okay, finding your place in God's story. So what it means is go hard, stay in his word, 
And, and by the way, you don't need to have a lot of knowledge. It's just what the, you know, and hopefully what you know comes from God's word. So, uh, Abraham, there's a lot of stuff in the life of Abraham, right? So what's something you know about his life? Can you tell me? Um, when Sarah was 90 and um, Abraham was actually 100 years old, they had their first child, which probably would never happen out of anybody ever. Okay. That's excellent. Probably would never happen. I, raise your hand if you know anybody who's had a baby at nine years old, especially a female. All right, probably doesn't happen. So, so, now here. Now here's what's going to happen. You might remember, what's your name? Benny. Benny. One thing I know is that you guys are able to learn from people your own age in really significant ways. So the thing that Benny is going to say right now, and he doesn't even know that he's going to say it. By the way, when you were walking up, I said a little prayer for you as you were kind of coming up, because I can do that, I can talk. You can talk and pray at the same time. So, Benny, a 90-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man were given a promise by God that they were going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And that was like a long time before they actually had the baby. Mm -hmm. What is one thing that you think God would have you learn that would be important for your life about a baby being born to like a really old couple? Um, that just everybody can do it and God keeps his promises even though like Mary and Joseph, Mary wasn't even a virgin and she wasn't supposed to have many children and Jesus was born. Did you get that? God keeps his promises and look what he did. Hold it. That was awesome. You're going to have a baby. How am I going to have a baby? I'm old. And wait, hold it, hold it. This is really cool. This is what's supposed to happen. I didn't ask him to. Listen, 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 listen. He jumped to another crazy promise that was made, that there was going to be a virgin girl. <clears throat> he said virgin. <clears throat> there was a virgin girl that was also going to have a baby, and Mary had to what? Put her faith that it would happen. And did it happen? Because God does what? He keeps his promises. Say that. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Say that again. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Let's go home. Just kidding. Thank you, Benny. Give him a big hand. That was really cool. Hey, 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 hey. Fine. Hey, hey, if you could split me open right here and cut, really cut me to the heart, I would, oh, that you and I would find our place in God's story. Abraham found his place in God's story. By the way, I came up with a whole bunch of things. Ben, 12 minutes to do this. I'm going to be a little bit long, but like, how do you talk about Abraham? So here's, here are a couple things. I just sat down for like 20 minutes with my Bible, and these are the lessons that kind of jumped out at me. And I'm not going to talk about all of them except for one. But one of the lessons that followed up, and Benny, you and I are on the same page, um, God calls us to follow. So if you read Abraham, God asked Abraham to follow him. And Abraham left everything and became one of the first nomads. And he followed God. Um, God makes unfailing promises. By the way, if I make a promise to you, I'd love to keep it, but more likely than not, I'm not able to. God is incapable of breaking a promise. So become familiar with the promises that he's made us and just know he can't break them. They are unbreakable. The promises that he makes to you to give us a future that's full of hope 
to give us a life that's full of, of abundance and peace and joy. We need to find out what that's all about, what he requires of us, and that promise is not broken by a God who loves us. Three, God grows our faith over time through many mistakes. Boy, I'm glad about that one. Raise your hand if you're a screw-up every now and then. That would be me, and if I'm the only one that raised absolutely. But God grows our faith. God grew Abraham's faith over time. I'm going to skip this one because I'm going to come back to it. Here's number five. God blesses present and future generations through us. Stop right here. Your faith in Jesus now, your biblical faith in the truth and in the word of God will bless children and people that aren't even born yet five, eight, ten generations down the road. Track with me? I am the son of a first-generation follower of Christ. No one in my dad's family followed Jesus until my dad did. And because of my dad's faith, guess what? There are people, there are children, great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren that I don't even have that will be blessed because God promised it by my dad's courageous first-time follower of Jesus' faith. And guess what? The life of Abraham points to the Savior. Jesus Christ. The life of Abraham is in a part of the lineage that eventually Jesus came. So those are just like things that kind of came as I sat down and read a little bit about Abraham, but this is the verse that I want to share with. This is the one that jumped out at me. So there was something in Abraham's life, and it's found, if you have your Bible, you want to open it up to Genesis 17. Genesis 17, verses 3 through 6. Can somebody yell out a page when you find it? Yell out a page when you find it? Is there a page? All right. I'll go ahead. Hey, uh, by the way, Benny, where are you? Benny? That was great. That was just awesome. Okay, Genesis 17, 3 through 6 says, says this. This was something important that happened in Abraham's life. And by the way, there's a little bit of catch. Some of you might know that he actually had another name. But let's read the passage here. It says this, starting in verse 3. Abram, oh, Abram, what do you mean Abram? That was Abraham's previous name. Abram had an encounter with God and he fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. And he didn't have any kids yet, but you're going to be the dad of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will now be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations, and I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. Eventually, David was going to come from, uh, uh, um, from Abraham. So Abram was a name that meant high father. And Abraham was a patriarch, and he's in charge of many things. But God, as he got involved in his life, God said, I have a purpose for you. I'm going to do something new in your life. And so he gave him, and God has done this several times in the Bible. He does it with any believer. He brings newness into their lives. He can bring newness into your life when you most need it. He can bring newness into my life. But for some, he actually gave them another name. So Abraham was one of those guys. So instead of Abram, he's going to be Abraham, which means father of a multitude, father of many nations. God is about making things new. And here's why this is what I want to talk about for the next few minutes because I've been re-reminded how eagerly and powerfully God wants to and can 
change lives. I want to show you a good friend of mine. This is Scott P. McNeil. If you look on the internet, you're going to find out some, a few things about Scott. Scott is um, in jail for life. He is, uh, statistically speaking, one of the top 10 most violent inmates and criminals in the history of Nebraska. He is uh, a racist, was a racist. He was an Aryan Nation Brotherhood guy. You can't see all his tattoos, but his tattoos are like covering all over his body and he has some over his face. Uh, he was almost single-handedly um, responsible for getting in the kind of trouble in prison that would send him to the hole, which was solitary confinement. And his will, and he's such a powerful man, that he spent so much time in the hole by himself that someone said, that's not right. So the laws in Nebraska are changed for how long a prisoner can be in solitary confinement because of the kind of troublemaker that Scott was. He told me a story once where um, he was disrespected by one of the guards. So he was out in the yard and they wanted to bring him in. And you know what? It took 10 guards and four tasers and they still couldn't bring him in. That's how strong Scott is. And yet I want to tell you when I get to hang out with Scott, I'm part of a prison ministry called Brothers in Blue. And I got to meet Scott, and we had the privilege of sharing that Jesus, faith in the living God, can change your life. And I met him twice. We spent a lot of time together, two times in two prison ministry things that I've been to. The first one, he said, I can't do it, Q. I'm hearing what you're saying, but I can't do it. I can't completely and fully devote myself to this Jesus, to this God that you're talking about. I hope to someday, but right now I can't. So I just came back from another one just in October, not that long ago and talk about life change. There's been a Bible study going on. There's a gathering just like this one that's happening in prison with inmates and a few people that come from out, and what they do is they gather around and do just what you're doing. What you're doing here, God can use to set and change and renew and just kind of be something that can set the course of your life in exactly the way that you and I most desire. So Scott was basically responsible for putting I don't know how many people and sending them to the hospital. And by the way, when you go into prison, you never ask a guy what you're in for. If they trust you, they'll tell you. So Scott has told me why he's in jail for life, because he murdered a couple of people. And he's hurt dozens and dozens more. But let me tell you two things that I saw Scott do. One, there was a guy named Jim, and Jim is not doing well. He's dying of cancer. He's also someone that's in for life, and he has all these cancer sores from radiation all around his body. And I saw Scott do this. Scott went up to him and said, hey, Jim. He looks at his head and he says, is, was that sore there before? I don't think I remember seeing that before. This is big, hairy, mean Scott. And he says, how about next time we go to the doctor, I go with you so we can have that checked out? And I'm going, what? That's not lining up with what I read on the internet. Scott, who has sent so many people to the hospital, has now become, check this out, the human hospital. You know what Scott does all day? He goes around and asking, how are you doing, brother? Is there anything I can do for you? Hey, I made extra money in the wood shop, and I have extra money to pay for the electronic stamps. And if you need some money for stamps so that you can send an email to your loved ones, just let me know, and I'll hook you up. Hey, um... 
I noticed that uh, you haven't been eating, eating all that well uh, lately. So, uh, and Scott's a big guy, and he says, how about next time we, we go to dinner, you can have some of the food that I have. And I told Scott, why is it that I feel so safe around someone who's a convicted felon, a convicted murderer, And I even even heard a lot of stories. And the only answer I can come up with is he was a guy who opened up his heart and said, God, I need something new. I need change. And I'm so glad God has allowed me to see that God has that power. God says, I can give you the peace that you crave. I can give you abundant life if you want it. I have promises to tell you, right, Benny? That I am able and I will keep. And by the second time I came, Scott said, I'm there. What do you mean I'm there? I'm going to live for Jesus. He wanted desperately to go, go back out to the East Coast. He had saved up enough money to go to the East Coast because he had friends and family. That's where he originally was from. And he says, you know what? I think God wants me to stay, of all places, in Lincoln, Nebraska, because he said, I think God wants me here because there are a lot of men in here that need me. I'm going to take another little video, and if you would please, when I count to three, if you could say, hi, Scott. That would mean a ton to me, and I know a ton to him. Ready? One. Whoops. Hi, Scott. That didn't take. Can we try it again? <laughs> here we go. Yeah, I love it. Find your place in God's story. Uh, flesh. Uh, God chose to become flesh so that he could be a part of your story and my story in such a way that if we go hard after that God in the flesh, his name is Jesus... And as we stay in the word of truth and life that he has given us, we can and will be saved. You know why? Because he made that promise and he keeps it. Let me pray. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. I'd like silence for the first few seconds and just throw up a word, throw up a phrase, throw anything you want up, crazy or whatever, or serious up to God in silence, and then I'll close us down and we'll worship. Let's pray. Father, um, I asked Scott, are you sorry you've given your life to Christ? And he said, hell no. I'm so thankful for his honesty. And I'm so thankful that he's had the courage to investigate you and your claims and he's uh, convinced and your spirit has done the work in his life where he's a changed person and I can't wait to see him again. And he knows he'll never get out. The next time he comes out of prison, it'll be in a body bag when he's dead. But yet there are different kinds of prisons and there'd be a lot, there might be a lot of us that are in worse prisons than Scott or anyone else could ever be in because it's a prison of fear and doubt and hopelessness maybe even the prison of junior high I don't know but father we know that you are a chain breaker 
You are a wall buster downer. You are a sin forgiver. And you can make all things new. Thank you that we're all in this room descendants of Abraham. We are one of the stars that Abraham saw. And God said, my promise to you is that you will have a nation. You will have children that will be as many as there are stars in the heaven. And I'm one of them. And so are people in this room. So Lord, help us to uh, claim your truths as our own. Help us to go hard after the things that are of you. Forgive us because we chase after other things whether it be video games or movies or sometimes even our friends or whatever it might be, money, I don't know. Search our hearts, Lord, and we give you permission, some of us. May we have the courage to give you permission to do the change in our lives that you want us to do. Thank you for people in the Bible that point us the way. And thank you most of all for God incarnate, for you becoming flesh in the person of Jesus to show us the way. Thank you for the listening ears and listening hearts in this room. Help us have the courage to continue to ask questions and to follow hard after you. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name. And together we all say, 